0: The man
1: is the man. Hello and welcome to the round two edition of Supercoach Edge. Well, the dust has settled on round two and we can see a little bit clearer as to those players in our size that might warrant the boot and those outside of it that may need to be traded in. But for now though, let's welcome in my co-captain
2: in Liam. How are you, mate? Not too bad. Thanks Damon. It's a, uh, it is a big week for super coaches. I, I think round three is kind of like the big one for me. Mm. Like it, it feels like the biggest round because it's sort of, you kind of set Building up, your team up a little it. bit. Yeah. You set up your team a little bit. You've got to make those corrective trades. I think it's, it's a, it's a big one to kind of set up your season.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's one of those things where for someone like myself, whose team name is DJ trade a lot, I I, am always waiting for week three to hit yeah. uh, so then I can initiate my itchy uh, trigger finger. But uh, we'll be chatting about that all, uh, that and more um, in mm. this episode. So um, before then, um, where can our good folk of the Supercoach Edge community follow us and uh, send in questions and the like?
2: Yeah. On YouTube, you can search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, search at Supercoach underscore Edge. Uh, You'll find Damon at, at DamonJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95, and on Facebook and Insta, just search SupercoachEdge, and you will find us there.
1: And we do, of course, have our Patreon up and running for 2022, so if you'd like to pledge your support and join the crew of legends who already do so that help keep our hamster wheel operation spinning, of course, head to www.patreon.com forward slash SupercoachEdge. But uh, it's a big show, Lim. So uh, let's not um, stuff around anymore. So let's crack <laughs> in to the analysis that awaits with our first segment in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly.
2: Yes, in The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams performed and the plays that stood out for both good and not so good reasons, uh, yes, again, I'm kicking this segment off with another owl coming my way, big owl. Uh like my team in the Dons twenty twenty two just doesn't seem to be my year. Uh it's only early on though. It's only round two. So it's true. You know, that's true. This it's time. okay. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> lagging behind you that much, uh, but anyway, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get onto that in a second. Onto my score for the round, it was two thousand three hundred and seven, with an overall ranking of fourteen thousand four hundred and ninety four, which was a drop of about six thousand seven hundred eighty. Uh, not great, but not not bad. I'm happy where I'm. I'm yeah. okay where I'm sitting considering the the score the big scores that we saw Uh, didn't make any trades this round um, as I don't think would come as a surprise, but let's just quickly move on to the good Uh, in the good column, got Lockie Neal who as predicted would score out of the wazoo against the Duns. I didn't captain him. Uh, I did, but I took McRae's 142 uh, from the VC. Um, And I I mean, I, I will say, McRae had to score. I actually ha- increased my VC threshold to about 135. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, wow. I thought if McRae didn't score 135 or above, I was going to go for Neil. So mm. it's a bit annoying that he's kind of scored those extra seven points, but <laughs> yeah. it's, okay. it's okay. You
1: should have set it at 150, Liam, and then yeah, you would, have, know, been, I, I would have
2: been fine. Could be a think, harsher critic. Yeah, I know. I thought 135 was like fair because I kind of thought that like- if Neil went 150, I was gonna be like, oh, it's 15 points, it's fine. Like, who cares? Um, but yeah, anyway, obviously yeah. a 198 is still a welcome addition to, to the side, even if it wasn't as a captain. Uh, in the bad column, I'm gonna go with Big Maxi Gone. Just not impressed with his scoring so yeah. far. Oh fair. Is one to watch. Um, his role is interesting, um, yeah. to say the least. Um <laughs> Which is it's it's frustrating given his scoring in the preseason in a in a pretty yeah. similar role. Um eighty-eight is not what I want from a six hundred and fifty plus K player. Uh just not good enough, to be perfectly frank. Uh in the ugly column, we've got Mitch McGovern with a score of 40. But honorable mm. mention goes to Lockie Whitfield with a score of 70, and both are firmly on the chopping block this week.
1: Yeah, it's um it's an interesting one. Just just quickly on Gorney. Um, just, sorry, just having a look at uh, the CBAs. He had 16 CBAs and Luke Jackson had 10. Mm. But they had a total of 26 uh, CBAs in total. Like Melbourne as a team had 26. So, yeah, it's it's interesting that that's 16 to 10. So, I don't know. But I, it's I one mean, to I monster, I think.
2: I didn't get to watch the game, but I did hear that it was a bit chewy and he was dropping a lot of marks. Um, Ah. that he would normally take. So, I mean, I don't know if it's cause for concern necessarily. I mean, he's going to drop in cash, but I don't think that's an issue. You you didn't pick him for the cash generation or anything like that. And there's no one else to trade him to, to be perfectly honest.
1: Yep, exactly. Spot on.
2: Let's leave it there. Uh,
1: Yep, exactly. Well, on to my side. Um, It's still early days. As you said, so, um, you know, I can't get too ahead of myself, but uh, I've already actually cleared a spot on my desk for where the trophy will sit. And uh, <laughs> can I tell you, it's going to look amazing. So um, looking forward to that, but don't want to get too ahead of myself. So we'll see how we go, but uh, onto the score, and I uh, finished with a score of 2,326. Um, my ranking slid 4,405 spots, which sees me sitting 11,841st overall. So uh, not not too bad, just outside the uh, the top 10k. So not too bad. Early days, only two rounds in, so a lot can change. A lot can mm. change, uh, and probably more so as well. Like especially these early rounds, a lot can change based upon the VC or captaincy selection as well so in terms of the trades like yourself Liam I stuck fat and didn't make any uh, in terms of the good Lockie Neal takes the honors for me also and as you would have seen on socials took out our super coach edge player of the round with still Sunday's <laughs> worth of games yet to play with we all that confident so um, yeah he, he uh, very much takes the, uh, the mantle there
2: were you worried when Brayshaw looked like he was going to double time. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because I, I did see his score. I was checking in at uh, three-quarter time and I was like, oh, maybe I might have to uh, do the old quite retreat I got ahead of ourselves here, but um, whew. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a close call. But stand by it, stand by it. In fairness, um, Neil's
2: probably in a lot more sides. So, I mean, yeah. that has to be that for something
1: yep exactly <laughs> um but yeah the fact that he, he nearly double tunned uh in itself is, is is insane and that's that's part of the reason why i was like yep give him the tick tick of approval um but i reckon yeah he's, he's back in a big way in the um you know just in the in the form line just in terms of his average um and he's showing the sort of form that he showed back in 2020 when he was a Brownlow medalist so mm, that's very um it's almost foreshadowing as to uh, what could unfold for the, uh, for the rest of the season ahead for, for Neely. But in the interest of uh, being different, just in terms of the good category, uh, I'm going to say Jaden Short was, um, was the other sort of, you know, potential candidate there uh, and was a complete sluzzer, as they say, uh, <laughs> as they say in uh, the old slums of Reservoir that I used to live. Um, but yeah, it was a complete sluzzer with the ball on the weekend. Uh, channeled his pre-season form to score 136 and I must say an honourable mention also to uh, a whipping boy of last week uh, not so much from ourselves but a lot of people on Twitter mm. I saw and, and, and the wider social media who were giving good old Crispy a caning but he yeah. repaid the faith with a 121 so for those of you who traded him out uh, shame on you to be honest, shame name, but... yep exactly you never trade after one week and you don't trade out primos especially after one week but uh, moving on to the bad, and uh, yes, uh, I, I can't look really elsewhere uh, apart from Gorn, who takes out this category for me also. But um, I must say, seventy-one from um, from Rowley was a tad disappointing. <laughs> I know can he's, he's our he's our collective boy here <laughs> at Superco Judge. Uh, and after his one fifty-seven last week, you could probably cut him some slack. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, off the back of that, we've sent him to his room to think about his performance. Um, so yeah, hopefully he can respond next week.
2: He did end up playing as a bit of a tagger, which was a bit concerning. Um, Mm,
1: It's a bit strange.
2: Yeah, hopefully it's just a bit of a lesson for him, you know, go after Petrarca and Oliver, see uh, see how they play the game.
1: Yeah, well, speaking of lessons, we've sent him to his room. So uh, think about what you've done on the weekend, Mm -hmm. really. Uh, Moving on to the ugly and Whitfield Eclipses Gov here for me, given the lofty price tag and point per dollar ratio. We're just not getting return on investment there. Uh, Not good enough. And like you, could see myself giving him the chop. But uh, we'll wait and see uh, in the segments to follow when we discuss that. But let's get into the juiciest part, Liam, which is our head-to-head. And uh, how is it shaping up at the moment?
2: Yep. It's shaping <laughs> up. Uh, you have two Real wins. Real good. Yep. I have zero wins. Uh, and there's a 21-point differential. So not not a, not a big... Not a lot. Not a lot, not a lot at all. Like I said, it's
1: it's it's like the difference of, of captaincy. So yeah. I know there are stages there where it kind of that um, was the difference between us uh, throughout last year. So yeah, let's let's wait and see if if we go one different. At the moment, it's it's pretty um, you know pretty easy to, to guess who we're going for, considering it's been you know the Bulldogs' first game, uh, yeah. the first three rounds of the season. But um, as of next week, I reckon it might um, chop and change a little bit.
2: Mm. Yes. Yeah, but um, I'm looking at the games ahead and it's going to be interesting.
1: Yes, it will be. We'll be looking forward to it. But yeah, it's only 21 points difference. But I'm, that's why I'm relishing at the moment. I'm two wins ahead. And I know like last season, how easy it is to come back where I, I stormed home with, I think it was three wins on the trot, and, and eclipsed you, trounced you. So I know that can happen in your favor as well. Likewise. So um, I'm coming. Yep. Just like Carlton. I know no. you're coming. I know you're coming. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was about to go off <laughs> on a tangent and make some really filthy jokes, but I won't, I won't do it. Let's go on to the Despite the week fact that <laughs> I wore more than one pair of pants on the weekend after watching Carlton trans- <laughs> block, So let's move on. Let's,
2: let's move, on move on to the week that was David. <laughs> I don't care if Monday's black. Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn. The week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round.
1: Yes, and round two was especially an interesting one on the rookie front. We saw debuts from some more defensive options in Josh Sin and Sam Skinner, which is unfortunate timing for both of us as uh, and for the wider community as it makes them hard to use as downgrade options. We mm. also saw rookie carnage with Nick Martin, Hugh Dixon, Brady Hoff or Hugh or... Dr. Zeus, whatever you want to call him, they were all <laughs> out through health and safety protocols. And Jackson Mead, Nathan Odry School, Kane Baldwin, Jake Saligo and Mitch Owens were all dropped or played as a sub, which was uh, unfortunate again for the uh, the downgrade, downgrade options um, mm. heading into the uh, subsequent weeks.
2: Yes, and on the injury front, uh, Zach Merritt will miss the next six to eight weeks with a syndesmosis injury. Uh, it opens the door for a couple of dons to take his place, and uh, we'll chat about them in the uh, the next segment in a bit more detail.
1: Yes, and uh, with the first price changes set to take place this week, it's time to make some corrective trades, like we we're saying at the uh, the intro, because my trigger finger it's itchy, Liam. It's getting <laughs> so so itchy. So we'll run through the top trade in and traded options for this round in the very next segment. The price is right. So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Yes, in The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold and wait options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and what we'll be doing with our teams this week. And to kick us off with the buy category, we have the grand return of Liam, our very own mascot, Franco. Michalo,
0: Michalo is a grand sight. Franco
1: But let's let's uh let's kick it off with uh the first <laughs> candidate in Paddy. Quick. We can't stuff around here, so we've got so much stuff to get yeah. through, so you'll He's notice like that I'm <laughs> you notice I'm trying to usher like trying to move on quickly and I'm just quickly ushered you know uh, Franco out of the uh, out of the podcasting booth we've got here. Um so get out of here. But uh, to kick us off, Patty Cripps. What a man.
2: Yes, uh Patty Crips, mid eligible, obviously, 454.8k, averaging just a the small 147, uh and a negative reiki, which I love, of minus 28. <laughs>
0: uh yeah.
2: juicy, 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 mm-hmm. juicy. Looks to be back with some. And just in some absolutely ripping form, he has that negative break even and is projected to increase in price by just the 63K according to Superchurch <laughs> goal. And that's, oh, not just... even, that's not even, that's based off like him scoring like 112 or something. So yeah. it's potential for big, big, big price increase there. Uh, with a two-round average of the 147 and scores of 162 and 132, he is scoring like a top eight mid. The key, I think, like, I'm all for getting Crips in. Yep. The key, though, is that you don't want to throw out all of your structures to get him in. Yep. I've seen people sort of trade out. Like steel. Yeah, like a steel or even trading out, you know, in, on another line trading out a primo like Whitfield to mm. someone. Like
1: to a, a rookie. rookie. Yeah.
2: To then afford it, um, which I don't like. Um, no. Here's a bargain. But he isn't – I mean, I'm a for it, but he's not necessarily a sure thing. Um, It's hard. It's hard because I do like him. Mm. Um, I'd probably only be bringing him in if you're able to maintain your structures across the field at this stage. I wouldn't be wanting to sort of rob Peter to pay Paul to bring him in. Mm. Um, Yeah, it's a good
1: point. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's sort of my main concern there.
1: I think a lot of people look at him like they'll, they'll look at the breakdown of stats. At the moment, yes, he's ranked fourth in terms of midfielders overall. And I think uh, third overall in terms of um, overall points scoring, but, and that, and that, they probably see the fact that, Oh, he's going to go up 63 K potentially in price. And this is like the only week you can get him like, sure. It'll make your life easy if you can get him in this week, but it's not the be all and end all like sure enough. If he goes up 63 K, he's going to be worth about 510. And he's still cheaper than a Lockie Neal at the moment. If mm. he goes up to 510, so he can still potentially aim to get him next week. So um, yeah, yeah, like you, I'll just harp on the fact that don't make any silly moves where where you're downgrading a genuine Uber Primo in someone like a Steel or a McRae or a you mm. know a, a short even in defence or a Gorn, yep, yeah, which uh, we'll be chatting about um, a little bit separately um, to this episode, which will maybe a little bit of a bonus episode potentially, mm. but um, uh, yeah, th- those are the sort of moves that you shouldn't be making in order to. Like you said, rob Peter to, to pay Paul. So don't don't do that if uh, if you can afford it. But um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, moving on to uh, the other buy candidate, and just in terms of rookies, he is by far and above the the one to grab if you haven't got mm-hmm. him. And it is Tristan Zeri or Cherry or Xeri or X Man if you want to call him that. He is selectable as a forward, priced at two hundred and eight point two k, averaging a ninety nine point five surprisingly enough and a break even of get this a negative 77 so um very very juicy option a trade in option and cash cow mm-hmm. uh that you can grab so yes he's got one of the best break evens of all the rookies and because of that and his scoring he's simply a must-have in the fact he has seemingly trumped goldie as well for the number one ruck mantle which heading into the season i was a naysayer i was saying that it wasn't going to happen but you know you, once you see it, you believe it. And uh, that's, that's what I'm doing now. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a <Xeri-ever. laughs> and uh And he's no doubt going to be given uh DPP forward ruck uh, candidacy as well. Mm. I don't know what you call that um, activation potentially by, um, by the good folk at champion data, um, which will come in as soon as round six. So he has been playing a fair bit in the ruck, like I mentioned, and a little bit up forward as well. So, and he's already selectable as a forward. So, when that activation comes in, um, it's, again, that in combination with other stuff I've just mentioned, it's a no-brainer. You've got to get him in. And the fact that you're going to make roughly around about 50K, um, also if you're down trading uh, McGovern to him, um, for yeah. me, to borrow a, um, a classic uh, line from Robocop, I'm in the camp of...
0: <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah i think you've got to get him in and he's got yeah. to make you bolt cash and he's going to be one of the best cash cows of the season so get him in and especially up forward where we aren't really blessed with too many options apart from rochelle um or Rochelle, if you want to call him that and Hayes. um we're lacking for a bit of depth there especially with baldwin mm-hmm. on the outer at SNL at the moment uh at least we're gonna get nick martin back um from the COVID protocol but <laughs> Yeah, it just always helps to have the warm body on the bench. So I'm looking to bring him in.
2: Yeah, no, I am all for that trade as well. I'll be making that exact trade. Gov to Cherry. Uh, moving on, we've got George Hewitt, uh, defensive midfield eligible, 399K, averaging 124 and a break even of minus 15. He's just Absolutely relishing that role in the middle at the, at the Blues. Um, if you did miss Hewitt, I'd be looking at what you can do to get him in. Again, don't ruin your structures, but uh, mm. get him in. <laughs> Just do
1: it. I like that. That's really familiar to what you said about Cripps being the the potential Smoky yeah. as the VC last week. Just do it. Just like do that. it. I like that. I think, Just do it.
2: I think... Like, I, I I, I will say, I don't think he should be trading out a Ridley or a Short or a no. Chris to him. Whitfield, yes. I, I don't mind yep. a Whitfield down to him. I think that one like that. works. Uh, that's fine. Uh, the only concern I do have, I guess, with Hewitt is what happens with Walsh, Cripps, Chera and Kennedy all in the one side. Um, I think, I don't think it's a massive concern. I think Walsh and, and Chera probably split more time in the mids and on the wing, mm. Kennedy might spend some more time forward as we've sort of used to seeing, maybe. Um, but hopefully, it just means that Hewitt sort of gets that time in the middle to continue his awesome run of scoring. Um, what do you think, David? As a Carlton supporter,
1: yeah. Well, I think uh, you have hit the nail on the head there, and, and and probably you know firsthand as well talking about Kennedy because he was your was he. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your to, I last went a trade? Year too
2: early. I went a year too early. <laughs> you, you did. You did
1: that <laughs> foresight again. The crystal ball. Gee whiz. We were just ahead of about time. Or well, you were in this in this case. But just in terms of that, you'd know firsthand as well with Kennedy um, and his propensity to be played mm. up forward more. And I think that will potentially happen now with uh, with Sherry to make his way back into the side. There's going to be probably more rotations in line of Kennedy going up forward. Um, and yeah, I think Chero maybe will be pushed out to wing Walsh. They, they did, um, play along the wing sort of earlier in his sort of career, I guess. And it's such a young career, Mm. but, um, I think he plays his strengths in the engine room. So I think he will, out of those be the ones who will not be budged. Um, I can see being played out in the wing, um, uh, Cripps should stay in the engine room. So I think Walsh and Cripps should stay in there. And I think Cherry, yes, maybe pushed out to wing at stages and Kennedy, probably more, um, up forward. I could see Hewitt being pushed out to a wing as well, but I think either way, he's got that, that strength in his game, hard runner, I can find the ball. Um, and he's good with foot as well. So uh, maybe he gets pushed back to defense at stages. Um, especially if, um, you know, a Saad or a Williams isn't performing too well but i think yeah where he belongs is along the wing or in the engine room so i think there isn't too much of a worry there for me anyway um and i'm speaking as an owner of Hewitt as well so yeah. if you don't have him i would i would definitely um think about getting him in because at the moment i think he's in about 30 odd percent of teams i think potentially yeah. um, he is 39 yeah 39% of teams. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going to be jumping on him. And if you don't, you're probably going to fall by the wayside and fall behind the pack if he does continue his, his hot runner form, which I think he will. So um, he's a good candidate. And I do like your um, your recommendation of getting rid of a, a Whitfield to him. Um, so he's a really good candidate. Give you, give you some extra cash, um, yeah. and which you can use across the rest of your field.
2: Yes, but moving my...
1: on to uh, the next candidate. and I know you're not a big fan of this, this bloke. And uh, he goes by the name why. of Will Brody. <laughs> and he is selectable as a midfielder or a forward. Uh, he's priced at 224.3K, averaging an 88.5 with a break-even of negative 46. And for how much love I show this guy in comparison to yourself, <laughs> him, it's a wonder he wasn't in my starting side. Well, he actually was until the Vixen in mcgovern caught my eye (laughs) like that guy you know the meme of the guy walking with his Uh, girlfriend and looking over his shoulder at some other woman walking by that was like mcgovern he was walking past me in this this really tight miniskirt high heels red lipstick and uh i just couldn't look away that's a really really disturbing vision i've got in my mind there guff of brackets. Oh, God. Let's just pretend I never said that. But just in terms of Brody, he has scored solidly enough for his price with scores of 76 and 101 in his first couple off the back of 22 and 26 disposals. He presents a solid enough floor with his keenness to tackle, and he's averaging six tackles per game thus far. Of course, only the two games played, but impressive thus far. And his ball-winning ability is really, really impressive as well, because once you factor in that he's only played across the first two games, a 67% and 61% time on ground. It does show that he has a hidden ceiling. So if he is given a bit more time and opportunity on field, um, not just, you know, uh, opportunity in the engine room, which is what is what he's getting. I think it shows a bit of a hidden ceiling there and potentially mm. what he's scoring at the moment, um, he could be scoring a little bit more. So that, Added in with the fact that Fife is out for an extended period. He will continue to get opportunities and CBAs. But again, that knock on his game is just the fact that he's not getting that full time on ground. And I know that was happening at the Suns as well and connecting the dots. Potentially he doesn't have the fitness base to play an extended period through the middle there. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Liam, just quickly?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I just I haven't warmed to having him in my side. Um, I think it's the, the time on ground that's an issue and concern for me. Um, I don't dislike it. I think in his prices, he's going to be fine. Um, I just don't think I'll be targeting him at this stage.
1: Yeah. And it's, um, for me, it's between between Brody and the next guy you're going to talk about in Caldwell because yeah. they're very similar. Uh, I was going to say similar price point, but very similar average at the moment. Um, Brody's, I think, about 42K cheaper. Um, so that's the sort of the one thing that's pulling me towards Brody. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway.
2: No, that's um, fair. Um, yeah. I think the concern for me is just the time on ground and whether he has that fitness base. I know Long, Long Muir mentioned that I think there was something he said along the lines of he wanted him to play more time on ground and then he ended mm. up playing less time on ground. Yeah. This round. So it's a bit of a weird comment and I think it's probably more to do with his fitness base um, yeah. than anything else. He So that's my main concern is just that, I guess, if you're not on ground, you're not getting the same opportunity to score, yeah. um, obviously. But I'm not against it. I just don't think he'll be making his way into my side. Um, and now moving on to the the man you mentioned just then, Jai Caldwell, mid-eligible, 266.7K, averaging 90.5 with a break-even of minus 25. And I think he's an interesting option with Merritt out. Mm-hmm. He had the, I think it was 11 CBAs on the weekend. Yep. Merritt had, I think it was 21, I want to say. Yep. Or 20, something around there. Um, 23 23 23 okay okay even more uh (laughs) he's he's scoring well scores of 91 and 90 consistent but also he hasn't played consistently in the midfield and Mm. the reason i raise that is that he's scoring well without actually having that like 11 cbas is it's not bad but it's not merit level yeah um so with Merritt out for the next six to eight weeks, let's be honest, it'll be 10 to 12, uh, does he get the opportunity to step up? And could he be the parish of 2022? Does he mm. get that opportunity because there's a there's an open role? I want to temper expectations on a massive increase in midfield minutes. Uh, Shield didn't play on the weekend, so he'll be walking back into that side and taking some of those 21 Yep. McGrath has also been retrad- rotating between uh, the midfield and halfback. I think he'll get some of them, but for me, the benefit is that he's scoring well without a huge number of CBAs. Mm. Um, and yep. so, if he gets a few more, it just pushes his average up. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, it's like like Brody, like I mentioned there. It's a, what you just spoke of there is almost like a bit of a hidden ceiling.
2: Yeah. Um, and like I, I'll be honest, I didn't get to watch the game on the weekend. I was I was out. But oh yes, and and uh, happy anniversary
1: as Mel must must say because uh, it was you. a big occasion you were celebrating. Yes, nine that's why years. Why I did
2: not get to watch the game? <laughs> <laughs> Fair reason because uh,
1: otherwise you'd got to slap over the head.
2: Well, I got just to listen to all the radio for bits, uh, and that's yep. how I kind of know this as well. Is that Cordwell was stationed at full forward at some stages, uh, which doesn't make okay. any sense to me, but. No. That's what I'm kind of pointing to is that if he's getting stationed at full forward and still scoring a 91 and a 90 and playing through the midfield, if he's getting more opportunity in the midfield, it's just going to increase his base. Um, And I think that's where the big rewards are. And I think it's pretty much a straight swap for Jared Berry. It'll net you no cash. It's like, this is like 3K less or something. Um, But I like it. I think that's one of the options that I'd be going with. I think I prefer him over. Brody, just because there's now more opportunity for him. He's sort of consistently scored higher. I know he scored Brody scored 101 on the weekend, but the scores have sort of been more consistent with Caldwell, and I think there's more opportunity to come right now.
1: Yeah, no, I very much like it. You've hit the nail on the head on all aspects there. I think, yeah, it shows that He's got a hidden ceiling there and he's got, um, at the moment, he's exposing himself to having a really solid floor. If he's not getting those CB- those CBA numbers like a, a Merritt or a, or a Parrish, you know, in the 20s at the moment and he's scoring that well, then it gives you that confidence to know that, shit, if that's that's the mm-hmm. base that he's going to score on a bad day or he's not performing too well in the midfield, then, geez, he's, uh, he's someone that you can really hang your hat on for a consistent score uh, from week to week. But just just noting as well, I'm looking at the CBA comparisons between round one and round two just quickly. And uh, on the weekend, so Stringer made his return, of course, and he had 21 CBAs. And Shield didn't play on the weekend, but he played in round one. And Shield had 19 CBAs. So you'd think straight swap almost, you know, if that's sort of the, the cap, Ooh. Shield's going to take 19 of, you know, if we're using uh, the weekend's game as an example, Shield's going to take 19 of the 23 CBAs that Merritt had. Stringer's already got the 21, so it doesn't really leave that many CBAs left over. Um, Yeah. Do you you think that Stringer, is he going to spend as much time in the middle with Sheil returning?
2: I wouldn't be shocked if Sheil plays a little bit more uh, wing, sort of high-half forward. I think I've seen them play that sort of in the the preseason, that was a little bit of what they were doing. Uh, when yep. I say preseason, I mean at preseason training. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. I think I think there's opportunity for Caldwell to sort of step up a little bit there as well. Um, at the end of the day, that's kind of what they got him in for to be a inside mid. Um, but equally, I, I just don't mind it. I think on the basis that he's scoring 91 and 90 off 11 CBAs
1: yep. um, a week, it's good. It's good, uh, solid base there. So um, yeah. Geez, just looking at that, it's almost—he's eclipsed Brody now. Maybe, maybe is walking past in high heels and a short skirt as well. And geez, I'm looking oh, the no, other sure. way now. Oh, no. oh, geez, what's happening to me? All right, let's move on quickly. So, um, <laughs> next next guy to to talk about is Dylan Stevens uh, as a midfielder, of course. One sixty-seven point eight k, he is priced at, averaging seventy-seven with a break-even of negative fifty-six. So, for me, re- remember that saying in Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben, I think, says it, yeah, um, and Uncle then Aunt, Aunt May says it as well. I think in mm, um, no, no. in the uh, more recent Spoilers. and again, oh no, oh yeah, oh you spoiled it, <laughs> Liam, by saying oh no, oh. But yeah, I'm the sorry, saying is:
2: people don't know that Uncle Ben does in Spider Man.
1: <laughs> what about Aunt May? Not everyone knows about us. Oh, Nothing. Uh, so the saying is: with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> well, I'm putting in place. And you saying A bit of a oh. spin on it. So with great response... Sorry, I stuffed it up. So just channeling Spider-Man. With great opportunity comes great scoring potential. Mm. And that sums up Stevens for me because he's finally getting a decent run in the engine room and he's showing that he can be a handy scorer with scores of 59 and more recently 95 in the weekend. So he's got a break even of negative 56. So that to me shows that he's going to be a solid super cash cow to jump on so jump on the back of him ride him like a you know like a bull that's just bucking and not that a cash cow would but this cash cow does so jump on the back of him and uh and reap the rewards and the cash that he's going to be uh spilling
2: yes i like i like it i do like it um I don't know if it's it's just like, I need more trades. I need more than three trades around. Oh, no. oh, no. There's a few that I want to bring in and I've only got three trades. He's mm. one that I would really consider. Um, I just don't know how I'm going to bring him in. Yeah. unfortunately, yeah.
1: He's he's one of the better ones. I think I'd probably rank him as the second best behind mm. Cherry, Xeri, X-Man, whatever you want to call him. Because, I guess, yeah. It,
2: yeah, it depends on what you're going for as well. What, what are you trading out? Yeah. Mm. Um, if, would if, you if, trade if, would you trade a berry to Stevens oh,
1: mm. it depends on how many other solid cash cows you have I think for me I'd be trading saligo which we'll delve into a little, oh, yeah. a little yeah, bit yeah, later but I think if you're doing a if you're doing a correction uh look a cash cow rookie correction or you find that you don't have enough cash cows on your bench to generate enough cash I would be willing, willing to do it so I think it comes down to your I guess, balance in your yeah. side. You've got to balance out the number of primos, mid-prices and cash cows. And if you find that you don't have enough cash cows on your bench that are going to be generating enough cash to then be able to afford upgrades to primos, then you're going to be in a world of hurt if you don't. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's merit enough to do that in that situation. But um, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's move on to uh, to the next category and it is the sell. Open off that, uh, that cash register there. And um, talking about that man we just spoke of, Jared Berry. Uh, who knows? But uh, he's been hot property. He's, uh, he's priced at 268.5K, averaging 71.5 with a break-even, still quite low of 14. So he will make a little bit of cash for you, depending on how he scores this weekend. But he was the hottest property in the preseason mm-hmm. with every supercoacher falling over themselves to fit him in their sides. Having scored 67 and 76 in the first two weeks, the biggest worry, I think, is the fact that he copped a shoulder knock to his previous or previously injured shoulder in the first round. And uh, there is some query as to whether he could be carrying that injury in a subsequent subsequent weeks and whether or not, it's, you know, it's going to hamper his scoring ability. I think the Medico has called it a, a minor shoulder capsule irritation in quotation nice. marks there, which we have no idea what that yes, means. Yes,
2: that makes sense. But, uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, does that mean that it's going to linger? Is it yeah. something that's going to heal itself over a week or two? Or is it something that's going to have a long-term effect? So I know that he's got a, like I said, a low break even. So if you wanted to wait a week to see if his average continues and his scoring does increase, yeah, fair enough. Um, But I think the appeal of other mid-prices, such as Brody and Caldwell, who we just spoke of, might be too much of a pull. And I think for me, in my situation, I think it is. And unfortunately, I'm going to cut ties with Berry. um, But I can see Merritt in in sticking fat and... um, I think he can reap rewards if he is a hundred percent fit, but that's my major query. I don't mm. think he's a hundred percent fit.
2: I don't yeah. know. Any, any thoughts? Yeah. I'm worried about him if he's getting a shoulder knock and it's, I think he missed, he ended up sitting out most of the third or fourth quarter last week mm. after it, which kind of concerns me if that continues happening or if they decide to, you know, just be a bit more cautious with him if he gets another knock um, and he misses a week. Yeah. Um, that's sort of one concern for me. The other thing is his role on the weekend, again, didn't watch the game but did listen to aspects of it. Um, he ended up playing a bit of a tagging role, a run with role on mm-hmm. merit, which again yeah. is concerning for his scoring if they decide to sort of do that week to week or even if he in-game, if you know, he's, he's going really well but then all of a sudden, you know, they need to put a, put the clamps down. Um, he might end up sort of playing that role, um, which isn't super conducive to to that scoring. So for me, he's probably also on the on the way out. Um, I just haven't seen enough from him, and and the the injury concerns sort of cement um, the benefits I think with him at the minute. Now let's move on to the vixen, Mitch McGovern, yeah, forward that's saucy, eligible, that's saucy vixen, forward eligible, two hundred fifty six k average of fifty five and a break even of. 40. Uh, we talked up Gov's prospects across the preseason as a bit of a handy playing cash cow. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that was going to get DPP, you yes. know, status eligibility, here. the extra, the extra, the f- defensive eligibility. But mm-hmm. I just don't think he's got out to the type of start that we were hoping for. No. While he may come good considering his, you know, passable score in round one. We can't afford to wait as his break even is, yes, unnervingly high. Mm. When we have a tastier prospects in the likes of Brody and Cherry on offer at a cheaper price, it's just basically a no-brainer. Cut him. Get rid of him. Yeah. I think you've got
1: to be ruthless. And this is one of the guys that you have to be ruthless with. Mm. As much as it it hurts because he showed so much promise in the preseason and he still might fulfill it. You know, it's so hard to make these calls. Early on this season, there's only been especially two rounds. Two,
2: yeah,
1: two. To get average. For him. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really hard. And I saw on the weekend he was he was actually blowing quite hard. He was, I think, with the Bulldogs' style of play, they were, their forwards were pushing up the ground to try and press on Carlton, especially mm. late in the game. And he was forced to run up the ground. He was running back and forth, back and forth. And as we know, he's not the fittest bloke. He is fitter than what he was, but he was he was scrambling to go from, uh, I guess, contest to contest when the ball was things shotting back and forth. So. Unfortunately, um, I'm cutting losses like yourself, Liam, but fare thee well. If yeah. anyone's sticking um, fat, hopefully he goes well.
2: I think with it's his price points, the awkward part. Um, yeah. If, cause like now we see his break even is 40. If he doesn't score well on the weekend, like he only scored 40 on the weekend, does that again. He makes no cash. Um, mm. And then it's going to be hard for him to regenerate that cash momentum, I guess um, from there. So I think it's worth just getting rid of him. Now, what about the next option to uh, move on, David? Uh, Yes. Well, speaking
1: of someone who hasn't got off to the start we were hoping for, here's another one. In Lockie Whitfield, as a uh, defender, midfielder, priced at 502.6K, averaging a 71.5. Jeez, that hurts. And he's got a break even again. Speaking of hurt, 151, the break even. So – You know, he is obviously another guy who's uh, completely stunk it up over the first two rounds with scores of 73 and 70. Now, there are murmurs he may be playing through an injury niggle as it seems as though his big attribute, which is his running, of course, uh, is hampered. So uh, it gives us really something to think about given he is projected to drop approximately 30K or so. Um, And like we've been saying, yes, if you're selecting primos, you don't really select them for, you know, the price fluctuations. But in this case, when he's not performing... And, you know, it allows you to actually trade down to someone like, as we said earlier, like a Hewitt, um, who is looking like a a top Mm. six defender. Um, There is actually merit in doing it. But um, again, the other side of the coin, there is a lack of of real solid defensive uh, primos, I guess, um, if you're thinking of it in the sense that you don't really have much cash in the bank, um, which is what uh, the sort of the situation I'm in at the moment. Uh, That's sort of making me, think against it but if I did have the cash where I could upgrade him to someone like a haul or a or a short or a you know a crisp who I, who I have already but if I didn't have him I would think about pulling the trigger um, I don't know what do you, what do you think Liam
2: uh, I didn't I think I was very hesitant to bring him in um, and so I don't know whether that makes me a bit biased as to this, the ease <laughs> with which I'm going to cut him um, <laughs> you, you've been sharpening your your yeah. knife. I've been waiting bloody, this moment. Your pitchforks. He's, he's, he's hanging on, and I'm holding the rope, and I'm like, nah, see you, mate." <laughs> cut of the rope as he is about to fall off the cliff. Um oh. a style. Yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, I I'm with you on the fact that I wouldn't mind downgrading him to the likes of Hewitt if you don't have him. I think that has merit. If you can upgrade him, which is going to be tough for most people, he's going to have to find basically, you know, 70, 80K um, to do something like a haul or a uh, crisp. That's going to be tough. But Mm -hmm. I like that because I think you're going from someone who's uh, not looking like a top six defender to someone who's probably going to end up as a top six defender. Fully happy with that. I'm probably going to cut him. Of course you are. Not probably. You will. (laughs) I feel bad now. No, I think, yeah, I'm most likely going to cut him. I think with, I've had a look at my trades. I haven't, nothing's sort of set yet, but I would be able to upgrade him to someone like a Doherty um, who I don't mind. Um, And I think that's a better option. I think just his, the niggle the rumors of that niggle and she just doesn't look quite right. I mean, I haven't watched yeah. him play, but from what I've heard, he's just not sprinting. He's not, no, he's, he's not. like a running machine and he's just sort of not getting out of second gear.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: that concerns me. And we just know his injury history. Mm. So I think I'm happy to sort of cut my losses there.
1: Yeah. It's a, one of his solid attributes, especially when it comes to super coach scoring is like, if he starts a, a you know possession chain from defense, He's the one that'll be like, yep, handball off, run forward of that that player, get the handball back, or yeah. like two chains down in that link, yeah. he would get the handball back and then kick it forward, get an inside 50 bulk points. And that's just not happening at the moment, unfortunately. So hopefully he can turn it around and uh, hopefully if he does have an injury, he recovers from it, or hopefully he's just going through a rough patch at the moment of form. But uh, that's a bit of a, a wait and see for me, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I could use the cash, but um, yeah, we'll just wait and see. But um
2: before, sorry, just quickly before we jump off him, my other concern is people downgrading him to someone like a Bowie or a a rookie. I think that's too big a risk. Um, And I wouldn't be doing that to then get a, uh, to get a crisp, uh, sorry, Crips in. Um, I think that's a big risk or even a, what's his name? Heaney in the forward line, but Mm. uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be doing that. But let's move on to Josh Soligo, Soligo, the the deli meat.
1: (laughs) The deli meat. He is the deli meat. Hey, can I get 100 grams of uh, your best Soligo there?
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) poor guy, poor guy. guy. Mid-eligible, 117.3K, average of 18 and a break-even of 33. Didn't do much in his debut game, scoring only the 29, camped up forward and... Unfortunately, was dropped and then played the second game as a sub yeah. and Ooh. was activated for Rory Sloan to score seven, which has ruined any chance he has of building any cash in the short term. Uh, it sucks. Yeah. It does I suck. I'm I, I I do glad him. I did not bring him in. I'm uh, going
1: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna bloody march back to that deli and be like, excuse <laughs> me, I asked for 100 grams and I've only received seven grams. <laughs> so you can have that deli meat back. Yeah, and that's... Not all all, all bad, though, is it, Liam? Not all bad. I I don't
2: know. It assumes that he keeps his spot in that growth too. I mean, if he does keep his spot, at least you've got a solid uh, donut to use.
1: Yeah, solid seven to build build Bank off. Ripper. So good.
2: Look, just get him out, I think. It's a perfect correction trade. Yep. Uh, Because he's going to drop in cash, most likely.
1: Yep. Yeah, Um, speaks for itself.
2: Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. But let's way.
1: move on to um, another candidate who doesn't quite fall into the, the same category as Deli no. Meat. Um, Josh Ward he is a midfielder priced at 180.3, averaging a 44.5 with a break-even of 16. And yes, he's not particularly a definitive trade-out like, uh, like Saligo. But given his lofty price, there is reason enough probably to move him on. The big thing going forward is the fact he seemingly has solid job security, but uh, he might be held back by his cash generating ability, which might be slow, especially in the short term. But he has shown the ability to score well in the preseason. But uh, if you're in need of making cash or don't have uh, Dylan Stevens, for example, you won't be shamed for pulling the trigger, I think. Um, And I did the the shifty uh, switcheroo uh, prior to um, Mm. round one kicking off or oh, sorry, mid-round, I should say, before Ward played his game because I needed to make a little bit of cash. So I downgraded him to that man we just spoke of in Delhi Meets Ligo. So <laughs> either way, I think I was doomed. So um, I think, yeah, if you're looking to trade him down to a to a Stevens potentially or someone even less than him um, to make a little bit of cash, then yeah, you could probably do it. But I think he is one of those guys that you could probably hold onto, what, mm-hmm. which I think, Liam, segues into uh, the next category of hold candidates. <laughs>
2: Yes. Uh, the hold options for this round. So don't trade them. Just keep them, keep them on your side for the time being. It's Hugh Dixon forward ruck 102.4 K averaging 42 with a break-even of minus one. The big Hugh still has hopefully plenty of coin to make. Uh, he'll come back into the equal side. You'd assume I don't see him missing. Just that side has been absolutely decimated by uh, the COVID health and safety protocols. So definitely hold him. And Kane Baldwin from my mob forward eligible 123.9k, averaging just the 29 with a break even at 20. Baldy did lose his spot with the uh, return of Stringer and Francis. Uh, I think it was a bit harsh. He really didn't get any op- opportunity in that in that game that he played. I think he'll be back. He kicked three against Geelong's VFL side. Oh. I think he just needs a bit of confidence and he'll be back in the side. Um, I actually quite like what he offers. Um, he'll be a slow burn cash cow, no doubt, as a forward and sort of as that key forward. But it's uh, hopefully some ability just as a warm body on the bench um, that covers the sort of appeals most. I just don't see who downgrade him to or straight him to that would be worth it. Um, you'd have to upgrade him, really. Um, that's sort yeah. of the issue. For sure. And uh, moving on to the weight category,
1: and it only contains two players at the moment, uh, both of whom made their debut on the weekend, and it is Sam Skinner and Josh Sin, uh, both defensive Oh, sorry, uh, Skinner is defensive forward eligible, priced at 123.9K, averaging 45 with a break-even of four. And Josh Sin, defensive at midfield eligible, 157.8K, averaging 24 with a break-even of 39. And uh, obviously, goes without saying, wait and see mm-hmm. on both of these guys. Only just played the one game. So assess whether or not uh, they're going to, first of all, keep their spot in this weekend um, and have security long-term. But also, if they do play the game, see whether or not they do have scoring ability. And I think... Out of those two, I think Skinner will keep his spot because he is sort of warming the uh, the seat for Alia until he comes back, obviously, out for you know, fair, a fair stint. Mm. Uh, Josh Sin, unfortunately, as a um, youngster, as we've seen in the past, might be a scapegoat off the back of Port's um, poor showing against the Hawks. So just wait and see there. If he does play his second game, see how he scores, see how he slots into the side. But um, just a wait and see overall. But uh, on to our moves, Liam. Um, just rolling through i've kind of given away what i'm doing there throughout uh i'm gonna go gov to uh to to the x-men in jerry uh he is locked and loaded and then the Delhi meets saligo trading him out to stevens locked and loaded and the third trade i am activating my trade boost and um uh yeah it's one of those things where we said that we almost need uh four trades because there are a few guys that because this is the time to trade guys where you know, before price changes, you know, make the most of it, you've you've seen some exposed form. And for me, it comes down to either Caldwell or Brody in, and probably at the expense of Berry. Um, so I just have to flip a coin almost between those two guys, yeah. but we'll wait and see what happens. But what about yourself, Liam?
2: Yeah, pretty similar to me. Uh, Gov to Jerry is a lock. Uh, Whitfield and Berry are both on the block, and potential ins are Caldwell for Berry and potentially a primo defender like Doherty for Whitfield. Mm, I like it,
1: Mm. very much so. And uh, just on that as well, we'll be uh, releasing a bonus episode, otherwise only available through Patreon. But we thought we uh, would give the broader Supercoach Edge community a taste for what they would get as a Patreon member. So in this brief discussion, we'll be debating the merit of using the Trade Boost, which I uh, just alluded to there, which I'm using, and also discussing the trending trades, as you'll see on Supercoach when you log in, and also uh, discussing along with some of those really out-there ideas, such as trading out a Gorn to fund other upgrades. So uh, keep a lookout for that exclusively via our YouTube channel and don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, But yeah, check that out. And uh, going forth, we'll be actually releasing these through Patreon. So if you are an existing Patreon member, it's going to be music to your ears because you'll be able to have access to this. So um, check it out and um, yeah, check out our YouTube channel and um,
2: keep abreast of that. For now, though, it's time to take the wheel and steer our super great ship in the next segment, Damon, which is
1: I'm the Captain Now. Look at me.
2: I'm the Captain Now. Very nice. Uh, Yes, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend.
1: Yes, now before we jump into this, I must just quickly highlight, Liam our first crystal ball prediction to come to fruition on the weekend, which came from your good self, who threw up the idea of running with Paddy Cripps as the vice captain against the dogs. And I know in hindsight, a lot of you out there will be thinking, yeah, that sounds like an easy selection, but he actually made that prediction off the back of Cripps going to that game with a second worst average against the dogs. And uh, if you were to opt for him over McCrae. You'd have some big balls. So uh, for any of you out there that did it, uh, kudos to you. And let us know if you actually backed in Liam's uh, call mm, off the back of that. He so, um, yeah, he, uh, it was very staunch in it, very staunch. He wasn't sitting on the fence at all. But, um, no, it was actually a genuine crystal ball prediction. We're going to call it that. And let's just have a little bit of a listen back to what, uh, what you
2: said. Now moving on to my, I guess, honourable mention. It's actually from your mob, Damon. Mm. We've got Patrick Cripps, um, obviously playing on Thursday mm. night. So he's... VC option, um, his average against the Bulldogs in recent years hasn't been great. Uh, only the 79 from his last four with scores of 72, 56, 110, and 78. It's a bold play, yep. I think. If you go with Crips, but not a bad one as the VC. It's high risk but high reward. But I think yep. in that VC option, do it, do it, <laughs> just, but just, don't just take the risk. You know, live a little bit dangerously, David. Oh, here we go, Austin Powers. <laughs>
1: I also like to live dangerously. Right, yeah, it's spoke spoken like a true a true supercoacher without Crips in his team. Oh, yeah, because 100%. if he you wasn't your team, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. Not don't know. Do it. I'd be
2: going from a 100%. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but if you do have him, take yeah, the risk. Yeah, test it out. Test it. <laughs> yeah, test it out. Let us know.
2: Ah, that was impressive, wasn't it, Damon?
1: <laughs> ah, if you don't say so yourself, Liam, no. very impressive. <laughs> very impressive cuz you oh. you didn't i would have said you very impressive so um anyway with that we'll see if you can uh pr- make some more crystal ball predictions mm. so you've got to keep this uh this run of form going Liam yeah so I've been um, shining let's... the
2: crystal ball all week making sure that it's <laughs> big and span to uh see what i can see in it today but let's You've been on. looking
1: deeply into it deeply mm. deeply just don't get lost in it but let's turn our attention to this weekend and see if you can keep that trend going with the very first candidate And it is, Liam, Jack McRae.
2: Yes. Sydney, playing against Sydney on Thursday night, seven twenty. First game of the round. He's got an average of 110.75 over his last four against the Swans, which is scores of 116, 92, 132, and 103. He's always, needless to say, a solid VC or C option. Playing on a Thursday night just makes him that perfect VC. Uh, But, and it's a little bit of a but, his second worst average comes against the Swans. Mm. Just keep that in mind. Just keep it in mind. I mean, I don't think it's a massive cause for concern, especially if you're using this in VC, which you will be as a Thursday night option. But uh, just, yeah, just let, let that sort of sit there
1: in your mind. Well, well, we just spoke about someone who was going into their their game with the second worst average against that team that is and it true. Was patty Cripps, so uh it could bode well against uh for McRae against the swans so um just wait and see there jumping into the next guy and it is clayton oliver and of course we have um i guess ordered these guys in terms of when they're playing so it isn't yeah. necessarily in terms of our preference we'll we'll give you that um, mm. shortly but so clayton oliver comes up against your mob the dons on friday at 7 20 p.m And he's averaged 100.25 over his last four against the Dons with scores of 105, 112, 95, and 89. But again, this guy has his second worst average against this team in Essendon. So um, yeah, it it sort of makes you think, but he's a candidate and um, I think he could do a number against the Dons considering that that Neil beat up on uh, Essendon who don't have tag as as we we went into last week. So um, yeah, presents himself as
2: a solid option. Yeah, I think he's a really solid option. Um, I just think he's going to just feast uh, on the weekend, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to our next option, it's the running man, Tuk Miller, obviously playing GWS on Saturday at 8pm up on the Gold Coast. Uh, He's averaged 97.5 over his last four against the Giants, which it up of scores of 143, 80, 86, 81. I think we can discount those three scores in the 80s. Yep. Uh, I think that 143 is more effective of his scoring potential um, because it's not from his sort of more traditional tagging role. Um, mm. He's in ripping form as well. Scored 137 and 140 in the last two rounds. looked Kapitan material, if you ask me.
1: Oh, well, and truly, hands down. Hands down, he's the running man. Gotta love him. So good. Uh, Moving on to uh, Lockie Neal, who we just spoke of. uh, He faces North Melbourne on Saturday at 8 p.m. And he's averaged 132 over his last four against the Roos with scores of 156, 134, and 140, and a 98 also to round it out. So speaks for itself. A really solid option as the C. And, uh, you know, as noted, went very, very well on the weekend against the Dons, scored 198. So um, get on him Mm -hmm. or get off him at your peril.
2: Yes, yes. And now rounding out the last option, it's the the, the man, Paddy Cripps, against Hawthorne on Sunday at 1:10 at pm He's averaged 114.75 over his last four against the Hawks with scores of 95, 149, 93 and 122. He is averaging 147 this season, as we've mentioned multiple times, and was a great BC option last round. Mm, as nice. I'm going to just, again, punt my own tyres. Uh, if you've got him, take the punt 100%. Oh, actually, no, because he's not your VC. Don't take him. There's the hunt. Just just <laughs> not. I, I feel a bit weird taking him as your captaincy option. I think if...
1: Yeah, it's on a Sunday.
2: They, yeah. One of the last games. I think you could take it if your opponent maybe took a Lockie Neal or something similar and... He goes off, and you just need to sort of wind back some points. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I don't mind him still as an option. I just think it's probably more of a risk.
1: Yeah, totally understand there. And I think, I think the Hawks will be very, very stupid, or more so Sam Mitchell on the coaching staff, if they don't put time and effort into Cribs, mm-hmm. considering how effective he was. But having said that, with Walsh now there and the returning Chera. It gives Carlton something they haven't had in a long while, which is a three-pronged sort of attack in the midfield. Um, So, yeah, or four-pronged if you include Kennedy and five if you include Hewitt. So I don't know, like it'll be really interesting to see how they actually tackle Cripps and if they try and put a bit of time and effort into him. But if they don't uh, or if they can't, he's going to be in for a big, big day. Um, but let's yes. move on to our honourable mentions. And uh, for me, I think Petrarca here is someone who should be seriously considered off the back of his scintillating form alone. He's coming off 163 into a 129 and faces Essendon, who Neil just did a number on. So, um, yeah, if I had the big bull, he would be in line for the El Capitano armband here for me.
2: Yep, love it. Um, I've got him as one of my options as well. Uh, perfect option against the Dons. His form plus the Dons' decision to never tag uh, very well for a good score for him. My other option as an honourable mention is very, very left field. It's Max Gorn. Oh. Yes, very left okay. field. Okay. Geez, this this
1: is... If you, if, you, if this comes true, this is going to uh, eclipse your, your call of Crips. I'm going to say it right now.
2: He's not one for the faint of heart. I, I most certainly won't be going for him. <laughs> uh, and his peak is based basically on Essendon's playing, opposition players into form, essentially. Yeah. He plays well against the Dons with scores of 103, 121, 126, and 168 in his last four, which is an average of 129.5. I don't mind it. I think he's a VC option playing on the Friday night. I think we've sort of seen the last two weeks his scoring has been hampered by sort of different things. So like in the in round one, it was hampered by his uh um by giving away, I think he gave away like six freeze oh, against six, yeah. Um and then last round it was just his drop marks and jury conditions. I think it is a Friday night game, but it should be from what I know, it's gonna be decent weather. So I don't think he's gonna have those issues the same way. And he's gonna be coming up against an inexperienced ruckman in uh Draper and peter right as the secondary so i think it just sort of all the stars are starting to align for max gordon there yeah well let's see if the stars start to align
1: for you liam in terms of that crystal ball prediction jeez you've been polishing it very 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 well if uh if that comes off so let's uh yeah it's let's a big put risk. A tab on that a big risk. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of risks liam let's let's go into our actual selections are you taking any risks uh
2: in terms of your V C and C? now McRae and to neil for mine uh, simple as that. If I had Petrarca, it'd be Petrarca into Neil
1: there. Yep. Yeah. For me, McRae as well, uh, takes the VC for the third consecutive week. I think a lot of people will be doing the same as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, I'm backing him into fire. Um, and I think the dogs as well, they'll, they'll come out breathing fire off the back of their loss to my mob. Um, and I think, yeah, he will lead them, uh, on a merry dance and score quite well for the sea though. I can't go past Neil. Um, you know, seriously as i said in that 2020 brownland middle form he's coming off a 198 faces north melbourne this week uh and he has a 132 point average against um north melbourne so for me winning trifecta tick 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 get him in lock him in mm-hmm. but now Liam, who gots to know i
2: gots to know hey i gots to know in Got to Know, we answer all of your burning questions. And the first one today is from Ben James, um, who is at BJT underscore SC98 on, on Twitter. Uh, he's asked, Cherry and Bowie seem obvious due to their low price, but that leaves only one of Cripps or Hewitt. Who is more important? Hewitt is cheaper and a potential uh, top six defender, whilst Cripps could be a top eight mid with a higher ceiling and more job security in the mid with Cherry back. This week, Damon, as the uh president Carlton man, I'll uh handball that to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think in terms of um Zeri and and uh Bowie or David Bowie, if his name is that, um, I think Zeri is the uh the better option. He obviously has the uh, the better break even at negative 77, and to take the ruck mantle off Goldie is impressive mm-hmm. in itself. So, obviously, North see his role as super important to the team. So, job security speaks for itself. So, that's a, that's a tick. And yeah. a tick as well for his scoring ability. Of Cripps and Hewitt, I would probably go for Georgie boy, uh, George Hewitt. As I imagine, you aren't stocked with depth in defense compared to the midfield. So purely in terms of team balance, which is probably one of the better ways to decide between the two. Yeah, I'd probably go for for uh, George Hewitt. But it is hard to say without seeing your your you know complete side. But he's the first I would opt for. You know, if Cripps kills it again against the Hawks, I would probably look to target him next week if you can. I think both guys are going to go up in price. Uh, roughly, I think Cripps is around about uh, 60k, and I think uh, Merit, it's not Merit, um, uh, Hewitt is around about 40 to 50k potentially. So um, yeah, it's much of a muchness. I think if you can get both in, uh, go for it. But in terms of uh, something that's going to help you structure, go for Georgie Boy.
2: Yeah, I agree. Oh, hardly on both of those. I think cherry is the better option of cherry and bowie, and Crips and Hewitt are much of a muchness. I think Hewitt mm. makes more sense. I think he's going to ruin less structures um, getting yeah. him in, so I think I lean towards him as well.
1: Yep, very nice. And moving on to uh, the next question, and it is one that's been sent in by uh, our number one ticket holder in Empire at Empire underscore X. Thank you, mate, for uh, sending this in. And it is a bit of a bit of a cheeky one. Cheeky question. Who are you both tipping to win the ton run? (laughs) Now, for those of you who have no idea what the ton run is, Empire on Twitter actually runs a bit of a comparison across the season of players that have the most consecutive uh, hundreds scored across the season. And I think it came down to McRae and Lions last season. And for me, this year... I'm actually going to predict it's sort of, it's unfortunately I'm on the fence here and it's a 50, 50 between McRae and Miller and I do like an underdog. So I'm going to Mm. back in the running man here for, uh, for me to take it out over McRae just, just, but I think it's going to, it's going to last until uh, later in the year uh, because these two guys, are absolute, absolute beasts when it comes to um, scoring tons on the run. What about yourself? I,
2: I really like both of those options. Um, but I also like Neil. I'm going to add him into the mix, so I'm going to sit on the, on the three. I'm going to sit on, like, the intersection of her fence uh, <laughs> and go with Neil, Miller, and McRae. I think they'll be the sort of the final three, hopefully. Um, but unfortunately, I'm going to go with Neil McRae's consistency. Uh, yep. And I think that gets him over the line. I think he won't score as highly necessarily as a Miller or a Neil, but I think he'll more consistently score. I think Neil... Sort of has the propensity for a tag to stop him, and Miller just sort of playing in a in a side that's not going to s- potentially, you know, score as well or you know win as many games. Might just sort of see a couple of games that might just drop below that hundred. Maybe not low below that hundred, but just just below enough to uh knock him out of the race. Uh, and I think McRae is sort of just that consistent, just bangs out hundreds yeah, constantly. Just just a freak, complete yeah. freak. Exactly. But I do hope, you know, all three of them stay until uh, the round 23 because they're all on my side. So if yep, they're consistently <laughs> scoring hundreds, I'm um, very happy.
1: Yep, for sure. <laughs> Go for it.
2: <laughs> and let's, that's a wrap for I've got to Know. But uh, Damon, if listeners want to get some answers to their questions, what's another way they can uh, get in contact with us?
1: Yes, that's right, Liam. Our listeners can get access to our exclusive Discord channel where they can take part in the thriving group of hardcore fans. There's plenty of banter, great ideas, and questions being asked every day. All of this is available through our Patreon membership, which you can get access to for as little as $5 a month. Oh, $5. What a bargain. Or, as we say, the cost of one coffee. So if you can just, you know, I, I know a lot of you out there, like myself, are probably addicted to, to coffee every morning. But just just slide aside that, uh, that $5 that you put aside for that large coffee. And put it towards us because we'll repay you in not not, not quite caffeine, but uh, good times, good vibes, yeah. Yeah, good and vibes. Uh, good super coach content. So um, <laughs> get on board with us there and uh, check us out. And um, yeah, what's uh, what what can they uh, what can they get in terms of the Patreon? Because it, it is a little bit more complicated than that, is it?
2: Yeah, so there is that five dollars a month for the uh, sort of the Patreon membership uh, to get the Discord channel, but if you're Keen for more, more? You more can you get say? just that. You can just that in our higher tiers, uh, where you can also get access to exclusive fortnightly live stream chats with both David and I, which will be kicking off this week with uh, with our current Patreons, and where and you'll be able to answer any questions that uh, you have, and that will also include some of your more team specific conundrums. So you can get Discord access for just the five dollars a month, or Discord and live stream access. For just 10 bucks a month. That's just two coffees. Two coffees.
0: Jeez. Two. Surely,
2: surely you can forego two coffees a month. Yeah. Jump on board with us. Check yeah. it out. And you can find out more about signing up to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Supercoach Edge. But let's uh, quickly check out the Supercoach Edge group rankings, Damon. And the high score of around round two was NOLA with their team, Thrillers. Score of massive score of 2588 cool. and ranked 77 for the round. Wow, and the overall highest scorer over the past two weeks is Jason with his team at casual underscore supercoach. And there's nothing casual about his supercoach team. No. His uh, overall ranking is 104 and his total score is 4971. Well done, if, massive, 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 massive. And if you want to enter the supercoach edge group of which you can join at any time. The code is 142059.
1: Yes, very, very nice. And moving on to the league rankings, uh, obviously the Patreon uh, Supercoach Edge crown, as we've called it. Um, so everyone else is battling it out to uh, to take the crown or collective crown away from us, Liam. And uh, it is the update of that, uh, of that league. And the winners from this round is Brett of the Sharpshooters, Arthur of Black on White, Matthew of Orion, Kyle of Northwind, and Jacqueline of Midprice Madness. So some massive scores uh, all round, and yes, both yourself and I got knocked off this round, Liam. So um, mm, hopefully we off. can bounce back and uh, and jump back in the uh, in the throne. We're both sharing a seat in the uh, in the throne, and it's quite <laughs> squishy in the throne. But uh, hopefully we can continue to, to knock them off and uh, channel our round one form because, geez, they're uh, they're getting on top of us.
2: They are, they are, but we're <laughs> It's a long season, Dave. It's not, it's not a sprint. It's a, it's yep, a marathon and uh, we're in it for the long haul.
1: Yep, absolutely. And uh, looking forward to more battles across the season. But uh, that brings us to the very end of the show, Liam. It's uh, It's a bit of a marathon. one. We've, we've tried to uh, rush through the uh, The back end of it, as you may have noticed. <laughs> but um, just so we don't want people hanging around and having to listen to, to, to us waffle on. But um, mm. before we go, Liam, where can our listeners find us across our social channels?
2: Yes, on YouTube, if you search Supercoach Edge, uh, you'll find us there. And don't forget to like and subscribe. On Twitter, you'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge for all your sort of content needs, anything supercoach related. Uh, you'll find Damon at j 88 myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Instagram, uh, it's just supercoachedge and uh, you'll find us there. Very nice. Well, with that, uh, hopefully everyone out there like me, you can
1: satisfy your itchy trigger finger and <laughs> you can trade in some uh, some juicy prospects, whether or not they're with our primos, cash cows, mid-prices.
2: prices
1: Oh, yeah, you love it. Love a mid price or two, don't you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Is that true?
2: laughs>
1: I'm, I'm off to uh, to chase a couple of vixens by the name of Corwell and Brody. Um, cool. But uh, all the best and uh, I'll catch you next week. See you guys.